Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. And welcome to the Fatback 4 for this Sunday night. I'm Gav and with me I have Kev, Keith and Chris. This show is brought to you by Failicon, our charity sponsor. And um, We'll have a little chat about them later on. And also by Betme, um, our latest game that we're playing. And we're getting better at it, but we'll talk about that as well <laughs> as well later on. Um, you're all very welcome um, on this live show. Uh, loads of people in the chat already. If you're in there and you're watching, please hit the like button. If you can, um, share. And subscribe if you haven't already. Um, loads of stuff to talk around the football and a few bits after that as well. We will be out of here in one hour and 12 minutes because the Super Bowl is on and I've watched one full game in my entire life and I'm banging into it now. So, um, I've picked the right time to get on board. Born yeah, forget the Super Bowl half time yeah. tonight. Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Eminem, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar and Mary J. Blige. That's where it's at. Right. Just make it to the halftime show. That's all you need. Okay. Daryl Hudson says, even Gav never get to listen live, so happy to be on tonight. Good man, Daryl. Um, one person doesn't like us already, but they've probably heard it by mistake to wind me up because that's how it works nowadays. But I'd say it's Red Steve. I'd say it's Red Steve. Burnley nil, Liverpool won. Um, three points for the Reds on a wet, a windy, a blustery, or whatever you want day in Burnley. Standard day in Burnley by the sounds of it. But Keith, I'm going to come to you. Initial thoughts. I have to be um, honest, I, I love the one nilers. I love the one nilers oh. where it's messy and it's like, oh, God, not that we got away with it, but it was one of those where it could have went either way, but it didn't. It went theirs. Yeah, there was no, um, I, I wasn't worried. Do you know what I mean? There's been other games where I've been worried, but this one, I wasn't overly concerned at any stage during the match. And I think I agree with you. 
the the scuttery one nils there's a lot to be said for them you get out of there places like Burnley, and we know it's it's more the myth of places like Burnley at this stage because you know they're bottom of the league for a reason they're not a great side at the moment they they have a lot of um a lack of firepower i'd say and a few glaring holes in their team uh, a bit of staleness definitely in there but I love them one nils. You know, I, I think they're a great one to get, and I'm always happy to come away from somewhere like that because what it does when you and look, we've been in this position with Man City as well. When team, when you're marmalading the team, people, yeah, it's it's routine and it's accepted. When there's one nil and there's still a chance, you know, every other team is in there looking to see if Burnley can scrap a winner or an equaliser out there, and it's just great when they can't. And the reaction to them to their non-chances will be interesting as well. Yeah, it's... Oh, there's a big myth over how how difficult we find that at Burnley. You know, I don't think we've lost at Burnley since Klopp's first visitor. Um, yeah. And we're 2-0 down after about fucking seven minutes or something like that, if I remember right. But we usually go there and we usually get the points. Um, but when you're seeing the weather today, you're like, you know, like in the FA Cup when the pitch is shy, you go, that's a leveller. This really felt like a bit of a leveller. Yeah. Chris, um, initial thoughts after, after the win before we get into it and, um, have a deeper look into it. But just to come out of there with three points, see you were at the winning last night handy at, at Norwich and we didn't expect him to drop any points over the last two, but just to keep it ticking over, it was very important to hold on to that lead, wasn't it? And get out. Yeah, I was just happy we got to rotate. We had a lot of depth, a lot of players that didn't even get on the pitch who, let's be honest, three weeks ago we've all said will be regular starters for us. And like you said, it just keeps the pressure, it keeps us in, in the conversation for if City slip. If they don't, then they don't. But keep them as honest as possible. And that's all you can do. Yeah, it absolutely is. All you can do, like you said, is keep them as honest as you can. Jordan the Wee Klopp says that he doesn't feel like um, we can catch City and uh, Pep Guardiola responded very quickly to say that he doesn't believe Jurgen Klopp when he says this. Kev, you and Keith obviously done the, the post-match show, the full-time red show earlier on. And, you know, was there a bit of, not even relief because I didn't feel like we were under massive pressure, but just just a feeling of, I'm kind of glad that's out of the way with all the circumstance around it, mainly the weather and, you know, how windy and shite it was to be honest yeah all the stress and everything about the game went for me when Vekhorst went off injured while he was on the pitch I thought they had a chance of a flick on or something he'd do he'd do he'd orchestrate something or he'd he'd get in the way of something and make something happen just by sheer annoyingness I mean this is a horrible game because Burnley, for all their flaws and their legion, they can't score goals for Toffee, but mm. they have conceded less goals, I think, in the league than West Ham. Mm. They've won only one game. They don't concede many. They lose a lot. They draw a lot. But they don't concede many. And today, with the weather and the new signings, was one of those games you just want to get it done. You know, just get the points and go home. Just go home. and. Look, look forward to to Milan, you know, on Wednesday night. I was just glad it was done in that the way, to be honest. You know, there's certain pitches, there's certain grounds that are banana skins, and that's a banana skin. If you're not right on it, if you're not mentally right, it can be you can be showing up there. 
Yeah, because I've seen weather being mentioned like at Anfield, and Anfield's a big, imposing stadium that's quite high and can kind of block you from the elements um, very, very well. But when you see the likes of Burnley where it's open-ended in each, or open in most, I think all corners of the ground, yeah, yeah. that's where you're just going to get wind. The rain's coming down anyway, but the wind blustering around and kind of causing a vacuum. And I know people say, oh, well, look, both teams are playing in the same conditions. Yeah, that's true. No, but they're Liverpool, used to Liverpool like to play a style of football that is easier without that and probably Burnley like to play a style that like they're looking at the weather they're praying for rain and wind when they're going out to play the bigger teams you know it's, that's just the way it is and that's no slight on Burnley that's just the way they play and have done for an awful long while um, let me see uh, I didn't get to see much of the match but I've seen the highlights and Burnley had more highlights than we did so it must have been a poor performance by us as for Antiches stick around but um, yeah don't you know, mind that yeah. um, do you know what <laughs> yeah uh, He's on the wind-up now completely. Um, he's on Has the wind-up. He is. When yes. you read out the thing, and I'm like, Jesus, who's saying that? And you said, Fernando Jesus is that. Right, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is, if you if you look at all the highlights, you say, yeah, they had a lot of chances. What the highlights don't show you is the amount of offsides. Right, Those okay. Offside. Do you know you what? Know? I was going to come on to it later, but I'll come to you, Kev. Oh, no, it was... No, it was no, no, no. I was going to come on to it later before we get into the lineup. Just overall in general, they need to stop this fucking thing where they're offside and they just keep letting it run and run and run until, you know, whatever happens. If he's offside, put the flag, he's offside. Kev, it was very frustrating today. Alisson could have had his head taken fucking off early in the game when he comes out the head one away. Me and, Keith, me and Keith talked about this after the game and it was exactly this topic. And Keith was like saying what you're saying, they got a flag. And I was saying, look, no, because they'll do that. They'll say, raise the flag. And they'll miss goals because they're that stupid. They, yeah, but they're, they, but they're also you tell, you tell them to use the common sense, and they won't. They'll just flag for everything. Then, and yeah, but Kev, I guarantee Kev, you, I get, I get if it's, if it's on the run. I get if it's goals. But but I get if it's um, I get if it's you know a close decision. But you're seeing one where players are like a yard and a half offside. Yeah, I know, and the linesman's looking straight in at this. And listen. Yeah. I get the feeling again, it's just what makes him put up the flag 15 yards or 20 yards down the pitch or four seconds later to now. It makes no difference. They wait until, until there's no chance of a goal. They wait until there's no chance of a goal. But it's no offside. Do you know what I mean? I like it's, it's crazy. It, it doesn't make any sense. Where, there's no reason for it. There's no logical reason. I can understand Kev's point. We spoke about this earlier. Yeah. And Kev's argument is when it's a tight one, you leave it down. And I fully agree with that because I think you let it go and let VAR sort out. There's an offside. But some of them, Gav, you're right. They're glaring. They're miles offside. Do you know what I mean? Like they're absolute three, four yards offside and they're letting it go. And Alison was bleeding fuming today with a couple of them. Look, I get I get if if it's tight and a linesman thinks it, right? Okay. But what I don't get is I'm not sure about that, right? And it goes through and say Alison heads it out and he puts the flag up. That's fair enough, right? Yeah. What happens if Alison heads it to Robertson? Right? And the guy that was offside takes her off Robinson and sticks her in the net. It'll be a goal. No, it'll be a goal. It's like, these, it, it's like the ones where the, you get a corner from this and they give the fucking corner. Yeah, Do you ever yeah. see these ones? It's happening quite regular. So a player is a mile offside. They're not putting the flag up. The play runs on. It goes out for the corner. And instead of the linesman then putting his flag up at that stage, they're playing the corner. So you're not, get, you're not even getting the advantage. That's happened several times this season with I this fucking stupid rule. 
Well, trust me, Kev, it's happened. Uh, oh, no, I do, I do. I'm not saying, like I'm not saying, I'm not saying, saying oh, it no, doesn't. Kev no, calls Keith the lawyer. Kev calls Keith the lawyer 10 minutes in. But we were saying earlier on about, and Gav, the first point you made, uh, what if someone gets injured? I'm yet to see someone in all the Premier League games that have been played this season where flags have gone up late, where someone's got injured. And yeah, there's well, been a lot of games Yeah, but, but, but Kev, it's not even, uh, right, forget the injury thing. Forget it, right? But what I'm saying is, he's looking at that instance. He's looking at that line. Okay, now, if he doesn't put the flag up, okay, and it runs on and Allison heads it to Robertson, right? Okay, why is he putting the flag up? Liverpool have the ball, don't put the flag up. Why is he making the decision 15 yards later to put the flag up? Because 15 yards later, he believes that that player was offside. I still think a lot of this stuff is going to get ironed out when the new VR system comes in. in oh, they've a new one, do they? They trialed it during yeah. the Club World Cup. They, it's like a semi-automated uh, offside system, and it's technology. Okay, I've no issue with that. Will Will yeah. they implement this in England, or will they decide well, that they're better than everybody else? Well, it's going to be full, do what they want. it's going to be fully implemented in the World Cup. Mm-hmm. That's not the question. Yeah, once <laughs> it's tri- once it's seen to work. Other leagues will take it on. Mm-hmm. Yes, because they'll be but almost. Except but one. Be but almost the question except still stands: one. Will they'll the Premier League? Into, yes, they'll have to because they'll be shamed. Into like they they've been shamed VAR. into fuck all, yeah, Kev. They've been yeah. shamed into putting VAR in because they were totally ah, against listen, that. VAR had to come in, but, yeah, but they, it didn't. They were well, totally against it. Does, yeah, but Kev. they did a year after the others. Yeah, yeah they, they did a year after the others. Yeah, and they're still. And then acted the maggot with it when it did come in. So we had this technology is brilliant, bro. It's are they are they going to be are they going to be tripping up the robots as they go down the Probably. line? You know something like that. But I just Probably. I just don't get it why why he makes that decision fifteen yards or twenty yards down the pitch, and then he thinks it's offside. If he thinks it's offside, they just put the flag up. Yeah, you know I what I mean. And I, again, it's I just pushing the way if they did or didn't. Well, it's, it's, it's I th- I think for me it's pushing responsibility uh, down the road or onto somebody oh, it's else, definitely and that. it's muddy in the water all the time. It's, Do you know what I mean? And people are saying in the chat there like. Uh, Burnley were getting credit at half time for all their chances when, when they were all fucking offside. They had one um, or two. They had one or two chances in the first half. They did. They had they and had they, um, Rodriguez and they had Veghorst. Yeah, that should never got in on that, but he did. But which um, one? The one that Veghorst hit wide. The one was offside. The one over the yeah. The, the one, one over was, the, the top. The one over over Virgil's shoulder that he ran onto and he shot wide. That wasn't offside. The one that he went through and he missed, he miscued it. That was a mile offside. Yeah, but for, yeah, that was Trent clears one. it. Yeah, Trent clears the second one. Yeah, but the one I'm talking about was the one where Van Dijk doesn't. Van Dijk's very slow on it, and it comes through and he hits it with his right foot and he puts it to the near side of Allison, and it's it's wired. Mm. But, but it was that one and one other chance I think they had in the first half. Yeah, but look, it's it's look, it's it's one of those. Uh, I I just can't get my head around how he he doesn't flag there, but he'll flag fifteen yards down the line. You know what I mean? Like, boy, what's it's changing your mind? You know what I mean? They're not. They're just. This is what they're told to do. Yeah, but the, there's, not, there's very little sense in it. Do it this way. Do you know what I mean? There's very little. Like he he'd be better off not being there, and them just literally when that ball goes over the top, just like keep getting me the replays and I keep getting in VAR and going. He's offside. Tell the ref. There's no point in that fella being there. Genuinely, I think you're. Not, one I think thing, you're. You're not far off of that. Getting that one. Yeah, I don't think you're too far off of getting that. 
Sean Swain One says. One thing we know. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sean Swain says I happened to VVD last season. Um, Sean, thanks for the super chat. But I will tell everyone if you're considering a super chat, don't. Um, head into the, the show description, click on the Failicon, um, fundraiser link, and throw your money in there. But thanks for it. anyway. Uh, Chris, I better let you get a word in. Edgeways here. Um, sorry, Chris. Lineups. Sorry. Lineups. This will rumble on for ages. This fucking offside thing. But lineup, Chris, and the big thing for me is. Just the strength of, you know, the squad being fully fit. It just does show a big strength in a Chris. And, you know, you see Curtis Jones on the squad today. Joe Gomez not on the squad today. But he goes he goes with an extremely strong lineup. Um Were you happy with it? I was a bit surprised, I know, to be honest with you, Chris. The only surprise for me was Manny started. But then the tweet came out later from Klopp saying... Joshua picked up a dead leg in training, so he missed training yesterday, so they, mm-hmm. they, didn't, they didn't want to risk him. Because other than that, I think when Kev and I did the Friday show, the only one we thought, we thought maybe Canazi for Matip, we sort of said that was a bit of a flip uh, flip of a coin. But they were the only two that I thought might might be different, was Canazi might start, and I was expecting Jota to start instead of instead of Mane. But other than that, the midfield I was happy with. I thought that would be the midfield he'd go with. Henson needs some minutes after his knock. Fabinho... We haven't really got anybody else. And Kate, I thought, actually, what he's played has done quite well. And you're going to save Tiago for Inter. Okay. Kev, just for you, um, I know you discussed this earlier, mm. but were you surprised to see Kate in there? No, I was surprised to see Sadio. Um, okay. But for the same reason as Chris alluded to, the uh, Jota thing made his mind up. I wasn't surprised to see Naby play at all because he's been available almost all the time. Bar, I think, one, one short period, he's been pretty much available for the season. And when he's played, he's generally done okay. You can't... Thiago is still coming back from an injury. And, you know, it's about managing the squad as well. I, expect I know, there's, see, there's, a, there's a huge degree of that. Um, yeah, I expect to see three or, you know, two or three changes to every starting lineup from here on out. Mm. You know, so, yeah, the I had no problem with that midfield whatsoever. Uh, the only thing that did surprise me, to be honest, was Sadio. And I thought playing Joel, the amount that he's played him since they've all come back, I thought, is there a real need? Do you really need to be playing him today? Well, look, Kev, it's a much of a watchness. Kev, do you think we have to get to the point now with Joel Matip where we kind of go, we know what his record was the last two, three years where he plays about 12 games in two years. But we're now February, and he's not missed a game. Mm. Best thing about we've had the odd rotation thing, and we know we've got Canarsi there as a as a a more able deputy. But I'm getting to point out with Joel Matter going, Joe, if he's just fit, just play him because he seems to be doing. It's not the first time now he's done three games in a week or two games in four days now. So you're saying just just run him until he's ran, and then if he has a breakdown for three or four weeks, you bring Canarsi and Gomez in and. Well, partly or that, even also, play him till he's but, tired and then just rest him instead of yeah. being overly cautious with him. Oh, taking managing him what he's doing, yeah. 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 But I'm, I'm getting to the point now thinking maybe whatever issue he's been having with all these muscle injuries where he couldn't do three games a week, he couldn't do games back to back. Maybe, well, not, we'll never know. When he knackered his ankle against Tottenham, maybe that six months is where they could actually find the problem and actually have worked on him for six months to strengthen whatever was causing him to get all these muscle injuries. So we could be looking at this actually what Joel Mutter is now. He's a guy who's available 80% of the time. 
I'm I was surprised by Mane, but it makes sense if if Jota has mm. picked up something and didn't train yesterday. I don't. I I didn't see Diaz starting this one, um, simply because it's away at Burnley, um, it's wet, it's windy, it's horrible. He's had Cardiff, he's had Leicester. You know, you want to ease him in in a certain in a certain way. You do want to ease him in, and I don't think it would have been a game that suits. I think he went with players that were used to the situation there today, and that's why Mane comes in instead. Um, but Keith, there's definitely a, a there's definitely a a case of you know rotation in the squad. Like no no Minamino, no Jones, no Gomez in the squad today. You see the bench. Someone says there. Um, I'll get it up now. He says the strongest bench he's seen in his lifetime, and he's forty one. Um, but there's definitely a bit of rotation. You might see you might see Curtis Jones, Minamino, and even Gomez come into the squad. Paul Gormley was who said that, by the way. Um, come into the squad for Inter, but isn't it just a case now of if these are all fit, instead of be, making it very easy to pick an 11, it's probably going to be easy to pick five or six. And then the other five, they're going to kill each other to get in the team. And that's what all you want. You just, you can't give out about it. You just can't. Exactly. And <clears throat> I think competition breeds um, success. Do you know what I mean? In in this model that Liverpool have, I think the, the, the characters that they've built in that squad, they're not, throw the toys out of prime merchants from what we can get you know from looking on the outside it doesn't appear that way whereas other clubs you might say oh they're not going to fancy the competition this Paul is it that said that it's the strongest bench he's saying I wouldn't be of um, too far from that opinion myself I'm looking at that team and bench today and I mean is today the strongest Liverpool team in the Premier League era and I know that's a bit of a mad shout but you look at the team you look the bench and you look at who didn't make the squad there's been very few times when we've had that strength and well we've got young lads in there as well I know Harvey Elliott we, I think I know I certainly count him as a force 11 player mm. nearly at this stage so mm. I, I I can't remember it. I'm 41 as well and I can't remember a, a bench or a, a squad that strong I think with that starting, I think with that starting 11 and that 9 subs and the 3 you have out I can't think of I can't think of a Liverpool Squad in Premier League sound. history that's as strong as that. The only time I think we've come close to that is 2000-2002. The year we, the year we won yeah, three cups and yeah. we came second. Yeah, that was probably, probably that was probably the only time. That's probably the only time. I mean, that's when it was five subs and it was football four four two. But that's when you had like you had Yari Lippmann and as your fourth choice striker, and then the following yeah. year we had Nicholas and Elka as a squad option. You know, so yeah. that you know, well, you, you probably had seven midfields for four positions. Um, and the, but the, the only thing, the only thing I would say, the back forward ever changed. But that, that I, I would say for a while, this Klopp era is probably the strongest squad we've had since that 2000 2002 era. Since then, there was always um, obvious weaknesses in the squad. Yeah. Uh, but again, I mean, the, the thing that makes me smirk about our strength and depth in the squad, which everyone's lauding and getting very excited over, we've only sat, we've only it's only two it's only two lads different to the squad we had last year. It's mm-hmm. it's amazing what Adam Lewis Diaz does to Evans' perception of a squad, and the fact everyone's fit. Now that's always been the question with this squad: is yeah. how many of these lads can stay fit. But if you go through that, most of those lads, even Chamberlain, he's only missed two games all season. Yeah, well, he's not been a match. So one was because he's he was going to be with a dad. Fair enough. And the one was um, the injury picked up against uh, Brentford. That's it. Kate has been available more than he normally is. So there's lots of players who are available a lot more than they used to be. I mean, Henderson, for all the talk of he wasn't great today and he does pick up a lot of injuries, I think he's made the most 
appearances this season. So yeah. there are players who we normally say pick up a lot of injuries aren't pick up as many. So the red flag merchants, yeah, Matip as well as we've just said is usually yeah. one. So maybe the, mu- the much criticised medical departments have actually got something. In, have actually got something going here, and actually they've worked out the kinks in a lot of players. And maybe it takes a year, eighteen months to get the kinks out of some players. Whatever, well, don't I mean look. Give it three weeks. We could be sat here with uh, Ben Woodman back on the bench again, and you go, oh, "We're back, back to where we started." Yeah. But you know, nice one touch wood, this way looks. Yeah. yeah, touch wood. Touch wood. At the moment, you are looking at a squad going. Yeah, there isn't. There isn't a lot wrong there, really. Yeah, yeah you've got options. There's huge options in it. There's yeah. huge options in it. But look, moving into the game, Kev. First half as a whole. You know, Liverpool Liverpool dominate the majority of the the ball. The chances Burnley come across, um, as we said, a couple of them are offside. Rodriguez has a really good one though. Um and Vakehorse has a really good one. You have the guy in midfield that hits a shot that Allison saves. Brownhill. Brownhill, yeah, which is a comfortable enough save for Allison. Did you feel as that first half went on though, Kev, that they were nearly dragging us down to a certain level because that's what I felt. I felt like we were being dragged to a level and I was kind of hoping for us to snap over. You know, wind and rain and all, I get it. But I thought we were turning into a game that Burnley would like to play. And I thought we should have tried to get away from that a bit earlier. Although we do have a couple of chances ourselves and then there's the Salah penalty thing and stuff. But overall, Kev, did you feel as the, the first half wore on that Although Burnley are offside for a couple of these chances, and that's a really well-drilled line for the majority yeah. of the time, that they were still getting into positions to try to do that to us. And it was nearly turned into a game that was <coughs> suiting Burnley as it went on. I think Burnley handled the conditions a lot better than what we did, and they played to them. It was They played those floaty balls into the wind to hold it up and try to get flick-ons in off the back of that, try to work the space in between our midfield and, say, where Sadio would be on the left wing or more on the right wing and put crosses in and balls in from there and start off attacks from around the halfway line and forwards. They didn't play in their own half one bit. You wouldn't expect them to. So you couldn't. we couldn't trigger a press to try to win the ball high, high up the pitch or anything. See, Naby had the first chance. He had a, a snapshot. In the first half, the Pope got down and got a good save on. Mm. Then Sadio had a good effort. The Pope just happened. His positioning was perfect for it. Just he hit right at him. And then you had the penalty incident. They had a few chances, but it was we we didn't handle the conditions in, as well as they did. And we just couldn't get anything going. I felt the forwards were isolated from midfield and whenever we did get anything going it was through patience and working the ball down the sides and out the back and out the back and around the other side that worked for a time that's kind of where the corner came from in the end you know from working positions and I was relieved more than anything to get the goal because it was vital that we got ahead you know it was the one it's the one ground in probably the 20 bar the Etihad, you don't want to go one down. You don't want to give give them hope of being able to hold out for anything, especially with the position that they're in. They're in a shocking position in the league, and they're survived. They're 
really got. I think they're going to struggle to stay up now. They're, I think they're seven points off Newcastle. Two games in hand. Got fifteen games in hand, don't they? It's they've two in hand over Newcastle. Yeah, I just don't don't see them winning them, and that's the problem. You Uh, made a good point, but about their defense, Kev. Like they've only conceded twenty nine goals in twenty one games. Yeah, no, that's that's really really good for the team. It is really good, yeah. But it's just they're only scored seventeen. They're drawing too many games. You know, I think they've lost some like nine of them there. Yeah, drawn 11, 1-1. One, one. Drawn 11, that's the thing, that could kill him. Whereas games, you know, you could always depend on Burnley, we'll get to a proper patch in any season and win two or three games, 1-0 on the bounce. Rack up nine points, and that usually pushes them into relative safety. But that's usually and Chris Chris Wood finds form. Yeah, or Ashley Barnes hits a proper patch, or... Vis- is it Visca? Is another one. Jay Rodriguez fires a rocket and they hold out for for three points. It, it's just one of those fucking grounds that you don't want to go to and concede. Um, the first half in general, I thought just as long as we win in one nil, I was de- I was delighted with it and the, t- the way the goal came and how it was scored and everything. Happy to pick and shit over that. Chris, before we get to the goal, um. Kieran B has asked, I'm sorry, before I do, someone has pointed out that the link wasn't working for Failicon in the description. It is now. Um, it was, I copy and pasted it wrong. It's my fault. And I, I've rectified that. Um, Chris, we've heard Kev and Keith's views while the lads in the chat have earlier about the penalty. By the way, I didn't see the show earlier. Kev, did you think it was a penalty on Salah? I didn't see it during the day. I had to watch it back and I can see why it wasn't given. I can't see why VR didn't overrule it. Okay. Keith? Well, I thought it was a pen, yeah. I thought it was a penal. I think if it's a foul anywhere else on the pitch, it's a it's a foul. Okay. Penal. Chris, penalty for you? I haven't, I haven't I actually haven't seen it. Okay. In the highlights. Yeah, in the highlights. In the highlight package I've seen in the UK, I haven't it, they haven't talked about it. I I read one match board just said Salah goes down softly looking for a cheap pen, but I thought I've heard that said about so many things after it's never true. So that that's the that's the key piece, I think. The way Salah falls, he falls a little bit delayed. But his foot gets swooped. Mm. Yeah. Looked and you can see his foot his le- I think it was his left foot was reaching for the ball. Yeah. And you can see why he fell the way he fell. Yeah. Because of the way he was caught. So I can understand the referee thinking the way he taught that Mo just went down too soft there. I'm not given that. If I've made a mistake, VAR will pull me up. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I can honestly see why it wasn't given. Last season, it would have been a pen. This season, I can see why referees have been told, you know, you don't give those unless you're 100%. Kev, what happened outside the box at a free kick? It's a foul all day long. Okay. That's why I said I'm surprised. I, I couldn't understand why VAR didn't yeah. overturn it because well, it was a foul. Well, the, uh, this is the. This Aaron is England the, was the. Uh, the yeah. oh, it doesn't matter. They're all fucking specialists. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Tandy says Gav rectified the link quicker and the offside calls uh, were given today um, yeah I took responsibility and I changed it Grant um, it's a penalty simple as that but what I'm going to say to you is you have to get used to this stuff we've seen one on Salah during the week and f- for the life of me I can't understand who doesn't yeah, get a penalty fume, against I was fuming over that one right? now I've had long running chats and debates 
with um, various people over this saying, well, you know, uh, if it goes in, do you want the penalty? And I'm like, well, that's not the issue. The fact that Salah on Thursday Thursday gets a shot away is immaterial. It's it's irrelevant to what happens between. It's Ndidi, isn't it, that hits him? It's actually actually irrelevant. You have to take that in it's on its own merits. And all it is, is Wilfred Ndidi not going anywhere near the ball and going slide and tackle across into Mo Salah, right? And impeding them in the box. It doesn't matter what's happened. It doesn't matter what happens. If If Salah takes... On Thursday night, if Salah, say for argument's sake, Salah overruns that and it's running towards the keeper and he just comes in and bang, does that. It's a penalty kick. It does not matter what's happened with the shot and stuff like that. Today, it's a penalty because if it happens outside the box, it's a free kick. And people say, well, it's not the same outside and inside. It is. The consequences are just bigger if you do it inside the box. That's the only difference in football. Yeah. The only the difference flip. in football is if you foul a fella on the halfway line, you get a free kick against you. If you foul a fella in the box, you get a free kick against you. But it's a penalty kick. Same thing. It's just the 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 action. It, uh, the action is the same. The decision is the same. And what happens after that is uh, it's the consequences are just bigger. And I, I, I'll never, ever get this argument of, you know, and you hear people going, oh, you'll just say if it happened in midfield, there uh, would have been a free. That's always the argument. Because it's the correct one. Yeah. It's the correct argument. You can't differentiate a foul in the box or outside the box. As a matter of fact, you should be looking more to give, to give the penalty than not. Right? Yeah. Than, oh, I'll give the free in the middle of the park, but I won't give it in the box. It should actually be the other way around. Why 100%. are you dicing with this danger in the box? Okay. And, you know, uh, if it happens in the middle of the pack, I'm not too sure. You m- in the box, it would happen because, like, he's doing it in front of the goal. It actually makes no sense whatsoever. Again, okay. Today, he is taken out today. He exaggerates the fall, but you, you, he's stretching. Fine. Right. But it doesn't matter if Mo Salah jumps up in the air and fucking does a double pike and falls on the ground. It doesn't matter, right? Exaggerating a fall, okay, is not diving. Diving is when there's no contact and you decide to go over. Yeah. When you're this way, you can get tackled. You like. Does he reach the ball if he doesn't get kicked? Doesn't matter because he's stretching because his foot's being taken away. That's yeah. why his fall exaggerates. But, so but, it, but it doesn't matter if, if if a fella is running in the box. Say a fella's running into the box and he's looking for a cross, and a defender comes across and just fucking clotheslines him in the middle of the box. Right, it doesn't fucking matter where the ball is. It's a penalty kick. It's as simple as that. And I can again, I can't get over. I cannot get over when this happens that people go. He exaggerated the fall. It doesn't matter what he done. It doesn't matter what he done. If they should be looking at that and going, listen, it doesn't matter what happened when he got hit. He gets hit. He gets impeded. It's in the box. It's a penalty kick. The same way he gets hit. He gets impeded. It's outside the box. It's a free kick. It's the same thing. It's just in a different painted area of the pitch. And the consequences are bigger. I just, I, I can't for the life of me understand how these decisions keep going on and on and on. And again, you know, we're all sitting here and we're going, They'll justify did it the VAR look at it? Did, did, um, what did the VAR think? What did he think? And again, we're all just yeah. sitting here in this big fucking plume of smoke and no one can see what actually what's going on. And all that's going on, and I'll say it again and we move on now, is that they are passing responsibility to each other all the fucking time. 
But you're right, Gav. They don't deal with it and it's allowed to happen. So players sort of know they have that bit more leniency when it happens in the box. If you look at the Arsenal game during the night when Michael Oliver sent off Martinelli for two fouls in the one <laughs> he was sort correct of too. movement. He was correct too. And the was. amount of nonsense that some of the ex-players like Rio Ferdinand and uh, Robbie Savage, Michael Owen were on the, on the panel on BT and I think Owen was saying red card correct. The other two weren't having a part of it. But if you do that, it cuts it out. But Martin Ellie, he tries to, he pulls out a fellow while he tries to take a throw. It's a yellow card. Yeah, he tries to push him over. It's a yellow card, right? So they give Wolves the advantage. Now, Martin Ellie knows running down. You see, there's not enough responsibility on the player here. Where the player goes, I'm definitely getting booked when this fucking goes dead. You know, 100%. But you know what I'll do? I'll run after this fellow now and I'll fucking hang out of him as well. Yeah. Yeah. Martin Ellie thought it was a free hit. Exactly. Yeah, Martinelli thinks. Oh, you see, Martinelli's whole mo on that was to stop an attack by Wolves. Yeah. He tries it at the thrower, doesn't get away with it. Right, the ball still gets thrown, but he's getting a yellow for trying to do it. Right, and he thinks at all costs I can now actually legitimately stop this attack, and I'm only getting a yellow back there. But he doesn't. He goes bang bang. One there, one there. You're off. Good luck. And yeah. you see, the thing awesome. is, if he does that and gets booked, and the play stops, and a guy. Puts the ball down for a free and he passes it. And Martinelli comes in and bangs a fella again. What's going to happen? He's going to get yellow. It doesn't matter if the yeah. ball's not gone dead. That's to be fair to Owen, that's what he made for once a good point saying, as an ex pro, he goes, You think, well, I'm getting booked for that anyway. So he said, You do kind of think in your head, this is a free hit. He said, Because no, no ref will ever have the balls to turn, to do me twice. Yeah. And and, and you've seen Savage and Real Fever, that's right. And, and Owen went, Doesn't mean it's not a red. He said, It's just that someone's actually finally done it. He said, yeah. now he said, players might start thinking, going, fuck, I'm going to get yellow for that. Anyway, I can't, I can't take him out. Whereas I'm, I'm going to walk now. I just, um, um, Michael Oliver is not the worst of them, to be fair. He's a, he's a pretty good ref. And he gets a lot more right than he does wrong. And that he's, was, he's not, that was a not, proper decision. Yeah. He's not like an Atkinson. He's not, he's not pernickety. Is he? Who, who, yeah. No, or, he'll let a game flow when he can. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I just, just it's just it's just amazing to me on on penalties. You know, like like I, the way I look at it is, if I misplace a pass in the middle of the park, right, the chance of me being punished there minimal. Okay, if I do the exact same thing in the in my box, the chance of me being punished are greatly exaggerated, are greatly uh, a lot higher. Right? Yeah. It should be the exact same for the same tackles on midfield yeah. and in the box. You do that tackle in the box, the chance of you being hurt for it are bigger. I mean, it's just look. I I, I just can't get over. I just I really can't. Listen, just, you think you think this is bad? You you come watch the women's games with me, honest God. You have to literally kung fu kick someone in the head to get a booking. Yeah, like I the, don't know the wildness. The wildness against that. Like let's go by. Well, you, watch the low, you watch any of the lower league football? You watch football in the championship, League One and League Two. Some of the standards of refereeing in England is atrocious. There's no different in the League of Ireland. There's no different across the continent. The lower down you go, the standard of refereeing is really poor. Yeah. And the problem for the referees are where a decade ago you might have had 10 games on a weekend, you'd have had four cameras at each game except the TV game, which would have had maybe eight. Now you've got maybe 16 to 20 cameras at every game. Every angle is pawed over within an inch of his life by 24-hour sports media, by podcasts, by social media. They're on a hiding to nothing with a lot of decisions because they'll never get everything right. But at the same time, 
they don't go out of their way to make huge mistakes. That was the whole principle of that VAR was brought in for, that it it's there to catch the glaringly fucking big ones. Last season, they used VAR for the minute detail. Then people complained and said they didn't like that. They wanted the game to flow. Now the games are flowing. They don't want, you know, this is what people supposedly wanted. They don't want VAR involved as much. Now it's not involved as much. You're getting people complaining that, you know, you're missing X, Y, and Z decision. They're never going to get everything right. No one is ever going to be pleased all of the time. All no, you can they're, do- no, they're definitely not, Kev. But you see, it goes back to process. And if the same process is followed for every decision, you're up, you, you, people would start to understand it. It's a yeah. bit like when you bring in a smoking ban, people go, what? You know, I was smoking on a plane last week. Why can't I smoke today? But if you bring it in, you make the rules very simple, very straightforward, and you follow that process. People eventually, they mightn't like it, but they become used to it. And they, become, and they actually start to understand it. And they don't need screens, and they don't need fucking some... No, we need to dope hear of a referee coming on and going, well, I think that might be a foul. Well, a writer is or a fucking isn't. Well, you, you know, and the commentators and that's what the are hearing is. that conversation. The, convers- the commentators and the co-commentators yeah, they are have access that conversation. To this. Yeah. They they all, all they all have access to the same pictures as what the VAR is seeing. It's just a case of what they choose to broadcast or not. But they have access to the audio. That audio is vital for every fan to be able to understand the decision-making process. You play that audio for a season, every fan by the end of the season is more educated and knows exactly why decisions are made and what happens and why it happens. Will never it's happen. The same, it's, but it's the same with Rugby Union. We watched, I watched Six Nations at the weekend, watched Ireland France, and when the TMO was making decisions, you hear the conversation and they talk you through the process of why a decision was made you go away at the end of the game and you don't talk about refereeing decisions. Well, Sam, Sam, Sam Tandy, I'm on this bus with Sam Tandy. If he has any spaces left in it, he says, if we beat Norwich Sports, somehow beat City, and we beat Leeds, we'd be three points behind City. That's how quick things would change. I'm all over that. Um, Let's move on. Um, Chris, uh, Fabinho has more goals in 2022 than Erling Haaland. Five and seven. Can't Mm -hmm. complain. And... um, I loved the way it was the way the goal came because a flick header from Mane, Burnley just decided not to mark him. Fabinho bundles one like um you know, their what's that forward's name that come on for them earlier? I can't fucking stand him. No, he gets oh, Barnes. 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 He bundles it at the goal like Ashley Barnes and he kicks in the rebound. And um, oh, was it, it was the most Burnley goal to score. It was it? incredible. Yeah. But um, I'm loving how he's getting in these positions. I'm loving how he's just taking up positions in the box and, and making Did himself known because he's not a small guy. He's making himself known in there. Um, I, I great like time to score too. I did like Clark's reaction. He goes, he probably would score more so if I've actually sent him up a bit more than I, than I used to. He said, "That's probably on me." Because actually, yeah, for corners, he used to be the he used to be the, the sweeper. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He used, yeah, to, he used yeah. to sit in the halfway line, and yeah, I think Trent you know, does it now, doesn't he? Yeah. When you think now, you're going like, "He's fucking huge." You should. You should. Yeah. Look at this. He's just a menace, and he obviously listen. He knows how to finish. Hmm. So, and did you see his post match? Yeah, his post match is great because he it's just the decides scout, that. It's the most scout reaction I've ever seen in my life, yeah. and he's got an accent now, like um, Yamolby. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's just a and he's just scout. deciding that if the comment, if the people ask the questions are talking show, he's going to tell them. I love it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. He just keeps pulling people yeah, up and it's stuff. It's brilliant. Um, Just says uh, Fabinho has more goals than Haaland, 
um, Ronaldo and Messi in 2022. Um, but it's definitely something because you're right in what you say. He used to be the man at the back, and now I think Trent does it a lot of the time. Robbo well, kind of fills in. It's yeah, usually, it's usually the, the, the other one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. I'd probably change that though. I love Trent hovering around the edge of the box when Robertson is taking frees and corners and stuff like that. Wouldn't mind seeing Harvey in that role. It's usually the shortest fella. Just goes you know, out, the shortest just goes fella. Back. Someone and, that's quick yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. you got to be nippy. Um, Martin says, "Isn't Haaland injured?" I don't know, but he hasn't scored as many goals as Fabinho in 2022, yeah. so it doesn't bother We're us. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, listen, it's it's 1-0 up. Keith, it's a brilliant time to get a goal. 40 minutes in. Um, after yeah. no weathering a storm is probably the wrong way to put it, but after giving Burnley a little bit of a look here and there to score that, that would have hurt Burnley in a big way, I think. Yeah, weathering a storm, it's not that bad of an analogy, but more so from a weather point of view. Um I always like scoring just on half time or close enough to half time or else just when you come out in the second half because game plans go out the window or get changed and it's a it's a killer blow. It's all about the psychology, isn't it, of of when you can score and as you said, Burnley would have felt rightly or wrongly, as Fabinho says in his interview, you know, they they were getting chances, they were making chances, they weren't really but they would have felt that there's an opportunity here. We're getting in behind these and all it'll take is one Liverpool defender to lapse and just keep us on and we're in. And to do that at that time was a great time to go in. So, you know, Fabinho, I was at the Brentford game and he, he pops up just on half time as well and scores from a corner. Um, I think it's on 45 or 43 in that game. You know, so it's vital times to score and it just sucks the life. It takes the wind out of the opposition. And, you know, it's, it's something that, I hope we do every game. You know, there's, there's good. There's a, never a bad time to score a goal. Um, but I particularly like them just on half time. When I was looking at it, I was thinking to myself, like, I'm probably a minute or two before we score. So, like, so it shows how much I know because I was sitting there saying to myself, right, really strong 11. Burnley have done quite well. We've given them a couple of sniffs, but we've, we've had the majority of it. We've had a couple of shots and stuff like that. But all I'm thinking is if we just get into half time and nil all here, I'm happy enough because of what we have to come off the bench and the fact that Klopp's going to get a hold of them for 15 minutes because I don't know if there's many better out there than Klopp. They always seem to come out second half and absolutely go yeah. for teams. And I think they probably would have done more so if it was nil all, but to get the goal was, was a was a big bonus. Sorry, Chris, we're going to jump in there. I just said it was nil-nil. What do you mean? He said nil-all. Oh, oh no, nil-all. Nil-all. <laughs> no, we're not doing this again. I can, oh, sorry, um, Scouse P. Um, nil-nil. Um, if it nil was nil-nil um, yeah. or nil-all are we alright with, with both of them we're okay with both of them um, yeah. okay. let's bring nil-all to the masses you know yeah. this nil-all to just the be masses. a Dublin thing yeah exactly was Keith at the Brentford game he's only mentioned it a dozen times says Sean well, I was at the Brentford game Sean yeah let How me tell you, you about it it was great yeah it was great yeah. Fabinho yeah. scored a header from a corner just yeah. on half time <laughs> uh, I might have mentioned that before oh they're but all now, off like, now. It, they're all off Declan MC nil nil guys girls <laughs> are nil nil fuck's sake oh. nil nil it would have been nil nil yeah. at half time if Fabinho didn't score and he made it one nil one, um, one, it was one nil all instead one nil all instead um 
the reclaimer is not having he's not fucking happy he says 370 viewers now uh, 160 likes what the fuck smash the like it's free uh, yeah hit yeah. it there's two people don't like us 163 do as I said the two people that don't leave your comments in afterwards and we will um, that, that's Sean sure is one of them Sean Ryan is after hitting that unlike with my uh, constant ramblings about Brentford yeah, uh, I say it was Sean. Sean take that, take the dislike away, Sean. You know, yeah. just leave me. Let me have me little mo- me moment in the sun. Yeah. Anyway, nil 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 all says Emma Cavanagh because he's correct. Of course. But anyway, yeah. uh, three unlike us now. So this is where they start winding us up and hitting the unlike, which is the crack, <laughs> isn't it? But um, there's nothing we can do about it. So it's one nil, not nil nil at half time. Um, and <laughs> Kev, I thought we were really good second half. I thought we came out in the second half and yeah. we, without putting them to bed, we I thought we really played a controlled second half. I really liked it. Bear, I think, that might be a header from Ben Mee. But other than yeah. that, I can't think of an Even awful. that went well wide. Yeah, and I think Alisson might have one that's dipping that he, he does well to hold on to. Yeah. Ben it was, oh, ben, yeah, there was that header that he, that he or that half volley or something that... Uh, he he held on to, but yeah, look, the changes that they had to make and the changes that we made changed the game. Yeah. Um, Thiago coming on gives you a level of control. He's he's, he's just different, you know. I mean, the first thing he did to Nick Pope kicked the ball long and he took the ball in his chest out of the sky and half volleyed it into Mo Salah's path to create a chance. You know, that was a, that was his first involvement in the game. And then about seven or eight minutes later, Veghorst went off and they brought on Ashley Barnes. They put the changes they made, they had to change the way they played because they put um, Corday up front for pace where instead of Jay Rodriguez when they took him off mm. around the same time as Thiago came on. So it meant they had to try to play through the lines a bit more. And that in itself gave us the ability to snap up balls in midfield and just maintain control. And we did. We just managed the game, managed the second half without having to put the foot down. And we could, we should have scored at least one or two more in the second half. There was some really bad forward play. One desperately bad bit by Mo, the uh, terrible pass when Mo and Jotham were 2v1. Two, two mm. And he underhit a pass that allowed Tarkovsky to get in the challenge on Jota. Would that be in real though? Because I thought even on second. No, Jotham was well outside. Did you Jotham think so? He was well outside. Maybe it's just my eyes. I thought maybe he might yeah. just strayed a little bit. No, but he was well outside. That, that one for Salah, he takes too long. Yeah. He should be hitting and, him a lot earlier with it. Yeah. And the ball should have been put in with a bit more pace. Yeah. You know, Jota was, was well able to control that or hit or time his run right. But other than that, you're nitpicking really. It was a proper professional performance away from home. And you take the three points and on you go. You know, there's no complaints about that that second half performance whatsoever. No, I thought I genuinely thought the second half for you know, Burnley would have liked him to keep it as is for as long as he can. That's what most teams like to do and look for a last big a big last ten. But I thought the way we controlled it, we didn't not that we didn't overcommit, but we just we were a lot safer with the ball. We were more I think we are we are quicker in the decisions, both defensively and off- offensively. You know, when we had the ball, we made decisions quicker. Um, that didn't give Boney a sniff. And defensively, we were a lot more like, 
there was one, there was one touch by Virgil where your man Cornet chased him down and he just casually just throws his left foot out and just lobs it to, to Robertson the left back and you're like this is fucking stupid and um, what he's doing yeah. but I thought like Keith did you think the same or were you nervous because I genuinely t- seen that second half and I, I actually seen the second half and thought to myself that's how we should have done it in the first half but we, we obviously didn't yeah no I wasn't nervous at all Gav to be honest I think the only time I felt a bit frustrated in the game was the force maybe 10 or 15 when I felt that I said this earlier on that Matip and Trent passing was a bit a bit all over the place and we can put that down to the weather because especially from that end it seemed in the second half Burnley's defenders Tarkovsky in particular was whacking them out with a touch as well that looked seemingly easy passes you know um, and they were going well out, of, uh, well out of play even though they were going low so maybe I've been a bit harsh on the lads they adapted and, and they sort of got on top of it then but look it's no it's no coincidence that we got better when Henderson went off and Thiago came on um Thiago, we we all know what Thiago is. Thiago can control the game. Does it does it does it change them? Does it change because Burnley look to press at times and you know when Thiago comes on, I think the look off Burnley is if we overextend ourselves slightly in trying to push on to Liverpool here, he'll just find a pass somewhere and he'll just put something in. And I don't mean in on goal, I mean he'll just find a gap where he just puts something into a load of space and Liverpool will be sprawling all over you. Because that's yeah. what I felt from Burnley. As soon as they see him come on, they're like, no, fuck this. Um, but know. he's hard to press as well, isn't he? Because he does the little body swerve and he yeah. done it today when he was only on. I don't know how midfielders keep falling for it. He just drops the shoulder and he's gone. But you're right, Gav, it's never a true ball defence splitting. It's always, you know, a ball out wide where they're in a hundred, you know, acres and acres of space out, whether it be Trent or whatever, or, or Robo on the other side. He, he always manages to get the right ball at the right time into space of them. And it's just, look, it's not to dig out Hendo, but he wasn't, I, he was I'm a big Henderson fan. He was well the, off the, today, the, and he gets an injury as well. But right. that's not the you know he's been poor recently. Do you know what I mean? Let's be, yeah, let's be honest. I'm a Henderson fan. He's been poor recently. Well, the, the thing is, like, go on, Chris. The frustration with Henderson at the moment is he's just off form, and I think partly that is I think he's been overplayed because of yeah, the likes of Thiago, the likes of Elliot haven't been around because yeah. they've been injured. You know, they are, they are. Um, Man, I think oh, that's, Kate is off at Afcon. Yeah, yeah. The thing that is pissing me off of sections of our fan base at the moment is there always has to be a scapegoat although it has to be someone that's written off so now yeah. Henderson's legs are gone now where last week it was well Manny's fucked now because uh, Diaz is well, here well Conway says yeah. discuss Henderson he always defends always defended him but it's time to accept he's absolutely finished hope went through wrong just fuck off and shit like that fuck off he's not <laughs> He's, he's gone through bad form guess what they all went through bad form Fabinho was shite early in the season look watch watch the Brentford game back, watched the Brighton game back, when he couldn't fucking pass a ball to yards. Van Dijk couldn't head a ball against Brentford. But you don't see the finish. You know, we've had Van Dijk, apparently, is, well, is he ever going to be the same player again? He's fucking back. He's almost back to his best. Henderson's gone through a bad spell. The best thing Henderson could do is actually be kept outside for three or four weeks. Recharge and come back. I agree with you, because I don't think it's a form thing. I think think his legs do look like they're going on him. And I'm not saying they're going on him to the fact where they're completely gone. But I do look at him and go, this game is too quick for you. And the only solution, the hopeful solution for a guy when a game is too quick for him, is that he's just, there's a 
he's a little bit lethargic or he's a little bit tired. I don't really get the tired thing though, because we've had breaks, so I don't really get that. Well, he's I, he's I, played the he's played the most minutes in the midfielders. Yeah, I think when I looked at I think I looked had, at NFC history, but he's had two and a half weeks period. off. Yeah, but uh, uh, you don't know how long when he picked that back in that back injury. They said it was recent, but I think he's been playing with stuff. I personally think he shouldn't have played the last two games. I would have kept yeah. him out the last two games when we had such a full squad. Give him a month off. Give him a month to actually, you know, properly recharge. You know, he's done enough heavy lifting for the rest of the squad. Let somebody else do it. But I, we all know what happened. Henson goes out for six weeks. It'd be Curtis Jones. Would be he's shite. He needs to go. If Curtis Jones is playing. They'll find somebody else. You know. Yeah, I'm no, I, but like, I, I just, still, th- I still think there's there's a there's a there's a genuine reason to have a chat around Jordan Henderson. I think he's been poor for the majority of the season. Yeah. Do you know when he was grey? I went to see Liverpool against Brentford. And, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know if I've mentioned it. I think he was he was amazing that day. No, I think I think when you look at players that have played an awful lot of football, um, Firmino's probably one of those as well because he just hasn't stopped playing football. Where you go, you know what? He could do with a rest. And sometimes you don't get that because of mm. the situation in the squad where we want to give Jordan Henderson rest, but a, B, and C are out, so we can't get a rest. You know the sort of way. But I agree with you. Um, I think the only way for us to probably see what's going on here with Henderson, which I think there is, and I'm not one to go, he's absolutely finished, and we should be fucked no. out the door. I, I never kind of go down that route. But I think looking at him over the last while, I just feel like the intensity isn't in there in him. And it's a big part of his game. He's a really good footballer. Like you d- listen, you don't play for Liverpool in midfield for 10, 11 years, right? Um, and you don't captain them for it's six, seven years now, I think. Um, you don't do that if you're not a fantastic footballer. Jordan Henderson is, regardless of what anyone fucking tells you. But Especially on that club. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, when I look at Henderson at the moment, and this isn't me telling you that Henderson should never play with Liverpool again, but when I look at it, I kind of think to myself, Looks a bit tired, looks a bit jaded, a bit like Robertson did at the start of the season. You remember Robertson mm, looked that yeah, big way at yeah, the start of the season? And you go, and we all had this thing where we went, could Simicast come in for a couple of games? And and it just gives you that fight back. And I'm not saying Henderson is too comfortable in what he is. Not not for a second. I don't think he comes across that sort of person. But what I'm saying is, if Klopp was to turn from him and go, now, having, I'm going to say this, but most players will just tell the Klopp, listen, I want to fucking play. You've seen Salah this week and Manny both turn up. Um, and want to play straight after the, the AFCON. But I think if you were to turn to Hens and go, listen, Jordan, you're not playing in Italy and you're not playing against Norwich at the weekend and you'll be back for the next midweek game, which is Arsenal. No, um, Leeds um, on the 23rd. We're giving you that bit of time off and we're going to look after you over that time and you'll be ready going to go. And if he comes in and he's flying, you go, yeah, it worked. And if he comes in and it's the exact same, you go, no, there's actually something diff- different going on here. There actually is a deeper conversation to have about him. But we'll have to wait mm. and see. Who wants four shout on Alison Becker? Because I think he's uh, the best goalkeeper we've Just to address seen. one thing, sorry, because I think I've offended someone in the chat. Uh, Owen's got quite upset with me. What is that fuck off? It was fuck off at the point of his legs have gone. That's why it wasn't aimed at you in particular. So, you know, please don't get pressure. So I'm, it's my opinion. I get very wound up when Liverpool fans' reactions, not Owen, but in general, is we need to write someone off. And hence is the easy one to write off, and I don't get it. And um, for somebody else who said to me, uh, Kate has played similar against Henderson. Henderson's played 31 games. Kate is nowhere near that this season. So that was my point. If you don't like it, so be it. That's my point. Okay. Um, 
Kev, Alison Becker, mm-hmm. best goalkeeper you've ever seen in the world ever. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, but he's in the conversation of the best keeper in the last 10 years. He's definitely in that conversation of the best Liverpool keeper I've seen since Ray Clements. And you go and find me another one. Because I guarantee you won't get one cheaper than 80, 85 million. I don't think there is one at the minute. I think he's arguably the best keeper in the world. I'd swap him for nobody. No, I wouldn't either. And Um, I don't care if Manuel Neuer comes out and does Rabonas from the edge of the box. I'm not trying for nobody. Manuel Neuer, all black, Ter Stegen, uh, Donnarumma, Keller Navas are all excellent keepers. Alisson can do everything that they can do, and he holds the ball. He doesn't pam it or punch it for no reason. He's brilliant at holding the ball and managing the box and patrolling the area and coming out. He's And when I say he's the best keeper I've seen at Liverpool since Ray Clements, that's a long time. You know, I've nearly 50 Clemens leaves Liverpool in 80, 81. 81, yeah. 81. I, I was born in 72, so I just caught the... When I started watching football, I started watching a big match, a match of the day when it was on. Ray Clements was had still at Liverpool and just about to go to Tottenham. And if it wasn't for Peter Shelton, would have played 100-plus games for England back in the days when international groups for tournaments were five countries. You know, not like today when 100 players get 100 caps in the space of eight, seven or eight years. Alison Becker, for me, and Brazil have produced some really good keepers in the last, you know, between him and Ederson. Tafarel before was all right. But Dida was okay. Dida was decent. You know, I'm I'm struggling to think of better goalkeepers in the Premier League era, Schmeichel, I think, is probably better than him. Um, Seaman was very good. Seaman's better than Alison Becker? No, I think, <laughs> no, but as I see, David Seaman was a very good goalkeeper. But Becker is just different. He, when, he has a, when he makes a mistake, it's like... We're all standing there. What the fuck did he just do? It's weird. Yeah. It just it. Whereas, I think we were almost conditioned for a long time between under the Brendan Rodgers era and the start of Klopp era with Mignolet and Carrius. That this is what's acceptable for a Liverpool goalkeeper. And then we saw Becker come in, and I honestly. I, so you know, I don't get lost for words that often, but he's just different, man. He is just seriously, seriously good. Um, you know, I mean, when you look, I'm looking at thinking of elite keepers, like a Buffon, Casillas. You'd have a, you'd have a conversation with those keepers in there, and you wouldn't feel out of place saying, "Yeah, well, Allison can do what they can do as well." Sleeping, you know, sleeping Dragon says best Liverpool keeper. Full stop. I reckon better, better all round than Ray Clements. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's hard to compare. Yeah, it is. Because Clem, Clem was a fantastic keeper. I watched him for five years, and I think 
Alison Becker is nearly as good, he thinks. Um, he's unbelievable in one-on-ones. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like, he just... When he comes there was out, one today with especially when he comes out all in black and he's like, yeah. <laughs> like the Grim Reaper coming out with a goal, he just makes it look so small and yeah. he does not. The, he will. There not, was that one today with Max Corney where he, it was Corney was offside. Yeah, yeah. But he forced him wide and he stayed up. As he's on the ground and then he gets even up when again. he was on. Yeah, and even when he was on the ground, he was still coming back up to force him wider again. Hmm. That's what forwards look at when it's Allison. I've got to do something different. Yeah, or I've got to do something special to beat this guy whereas most of the time they'd shift it out of their feet and sh- take the shot in the corner no bother you know but they see it's Allison, so they think different only the best keepers can do that I just think he's phenomenal and like when you look we're, we're all talking about weather and wind rain fucking swearing around I've seen I've seen people at the ground after the game doing doing um, reports for their own podcasts and channels um, I've seen one from the Anfield rap Neil Atkinson and Rob Gutman, I want to say, and the two of them are in the stand and they're nearly being blown away. So you can see how bad it is. But this is the guy having to handle the ball when it's being fizzed at him. This is the guy, you know, that's getting taken back passes. He's taking shots at him, everything. And he just doesn't bother him. You know, and he, even in that sort of weather, his handling is so assured. Does does half volleys dipping in front of him, taking a bounce just in front of him. It just sticks. You know, he's cool on the ball. I just think he's absolutely... There's no Emma hits the nail on the head there. His starting position is always unreal. Positional sense is unrivaled. He's out, uh, out on top of you in a flash. And that, that's what his today is. was excellent as well. Yeah. The thing the thing with his own, Phil, Phil has often said this to me about, about Alison. He said, the thing about him is, he said, he's big, he's imposing, he comes out, he does all that. But he said, what it is about his shot stopping is his footwork is exceptional. Mm. And what happens is instead of him taking one step to set, one step to push, one step to do something else, he's making the really good or the really hard look easy because of his movement of his body before he goes to perform a save. He's not, he said, you'll see one keepers taking one step and pushing. He'll take two or three small ones. Bum bum bum, mm. and he's across, and he's he's much more on his toes, and because he's take his legs are closer together as he's doing them little steps, he it actually gives you more of a push. So when things are right in the corner, you're thinking, how the fuck has he got to that? He's actually all over it because of the movement, his his own movement in his feet, and that's what Phil is all because I'm no goalkeeping expert. I just go, that's a good yeah. save. He's kept it out. You know, that's as far as I go with goalkeeping. But when I look at him, I just think it actually does take something special to get past him. Oh, you have you to rarely see him making it. Yeah, the one against Palace, the back of the one against save. Palace is ridiculous. Yeah, but yeah. that's mm. so simple. And he holds on. Do you know what I mean? Like he just—it's absolutely mad. You look at the fella at Arsenal, uh, Harry Ramsden, and every game he's diving <laughs> and he's stuffing them. I forget his name. <laughs> yeah, Harry Aaron Lonsdale. Aaron Lonsdale. Yeah, he's pulling. You know, camera for the camera saves. Do you know what I mean? And. Mm. Pickford is actually like that as well. But that's because his footwork is absolutely terrible. And he's having to sort of get and stretch and try and like, you know, shots going straight down the middle and he's getting and tipping them over. Alisson, you rarely see him having to pull one out of the top corner because he's always positioned in a sense that he just goes over and takes them straight on. Do you know what I mean? Like shots Mm. come at him and he just catches them. Mm. He's the goalkeeping version of Van Dijk, isn't he? Because you don't see Van Dijk on his arse slide tackling. Because he's always in the right position yeah. for a simple interception. It's a similar thing. It's it's just a 
just very well played, very well coached. Uh, he just makes everything look really simple, and he's very calming. Yeah. Which yeah. why when it's got, not simple, and that's the thing. But it's a big thing when you go when you go when you go to away games to have your keeper as solid as that is big. But when you have a team looking to play in a certain way, like Bournemouth wanted to, when you have that howling wind and rain and stuff like that, where other keepers can be, you know, crowd can get on top of them or wherever it might be. But Alison's walking and going, I don't really give a fuck what's going on here today. I'll just do what I do and then I'm out of here. And that's, and I love to see him get annoyed, by the way, because some yeah. keepers make those saves like De Gea makes brilliant saves and just gets up and says nothing. Yeah. Alison has to mm. make a save and he tells you why. What, here's why I had to make the save. And it's not down to the fella that shot. It's down to the fact that you fucking let him or you gave him the ball or you done something wrong. And, and he, he's getting more and more vocal. I've noticed that over the last couple of months in particular. He's getting more and more vocal and he's nearly. Like I wouldn't, he's a beautiful man, but I wouldn't like him fucking shouting at me because I'd be like, relax with you, you know. But um, absolutely brilliant. Um, and I just wanted to give him a mention. Yeah, that's uh, great. Keeper. Tony Bell, you reckon that Pickford is better than Ali? Says, uh, so there you go. Says Olivier. He, of course he does. He, he, he also reckons Alan's better than Fabinho. So yeah. Yeah, says it all, really, doesn't it? You know, what I, mean? I seen a great one the other day, and um, just give everyone a mention. There was a guy on Twitter the other day and said, um, "Anthony, is it Anthony Gordon that plays for everyone? Yeah, yeah Anthony yeah. Gordon will become the best winger in the Premier League under Frank Lampard." Yeah, yeah, um, it's just, good. It's they just never learn. They really fucking Ever Everton Twitter is good today. I have oh, to say, it's, it's unbelievable. It's and then it'll be it'll be on its ear again in a couple of days. So it's one of those. I saw the. I, I saw the other one was that uh, after our after our win now how many this how many would now get in the Liverpool side I reckon it's quite a few. Oh, <laughs> okay. You going oh come on lads it's it's one win just enjoy your win don't you don't need to jump to like the you know three stages ahead just do it gradual. Um, let me see. Uh, Tony Bell has been taking pelters to his head all his life, and it shows his age in '91. It's a mad show. It's a mad show. Like, um, yeah. but the, but they're known for it. Like, they, they, just, they don't do their can't. players any favors. Gordon no, they is don't. a decent. Young but they talent, get they get beaten. You know? They get beaten I mean, in Newcastle during the week, and it's yeah. they're absolutely slaughtering them. They beat Leeds, and I actually fancied them to beat Leeds. I thought Everton were in trouble. They could still be, but um, Leeds were atrocious. I couldn't, believe bad, I couldn't believe I could. how bad Leeds were. I could, because Leeds, I, if you would have said to me Burnley were going there yesterday, I would have went, ooh. But Leeds, 100% of the sort of team, when you need something, they will come out and play right into your hands and give you every opportunity to get what you need. And that's exactly what they've done with everything yesterday. Uh, man of the match before we go, lads, Chris? Van Dyke. Perfect. Kev? Robbo. Nice. Keith? Alison. Jesus, three different ones. Okay, there you go. Van Dyke, Robbo, Allison. I have to go. I think I have to go with Allison. No, do you know what? Fabinho gets the only yeah. goal of the game. So four different man of the it, matches there. It's one of them games, isn't it? Like, and we can all back up. You know, I don't think people will really disagree. Well, I don't think Allison was tested too much. If the flag had been going up on chances, he's still reacting to all these chances the way mm. he wants. And he's putting the fear of the blade and God into the Burnley attacker. So, yeah, same with Van Dijk. He's, he's a Rolls-Royce. He doesn't get tested, but that's because he's so good. You know, it, it's just a great time to be a Liverpool supporter. Yeah, it is. And that's four, that's four different ones there. Fabinho, Fabinho, two votes there. Van Dijk comes in. Alisson comes in. Um... Fabinho again, Fabinho. So there's loads there. Um, would anyone have Rafinha at Anfield this summer? Nope. Uh, no. Not only if we sell. Only if we sell one. And to be honest, uh, not for the price. Leads a club. No chance. Yeah. 
60 million you get him for it's a but you're talking of mole leaves he's very much no. um He's not worth thirty, Keith. He's just not. Ah, he is. He's he's he's, he's a great not. player, Rafinha. He he's is a great, a great player. player. He is in a. You put him in air squad in air team, Kev. He'll he's do not a great absolutely. player. He's not. Yeah, he's, for sixty million, I think you're taking 60, a bit of a risk. For sixty million, you you want the in product done deal. You're talking. I think he's as close he, to that. He's not. I'm telling you, you put him into Bielsa the Jurgen Klopp team. He's doing good numbers in the in Bielsa's he, team now when they're going to show you. And he's when you need him, he vanishes. I think I think he leaves Leeds in the but, summer. Yeah, so do I think he will. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, um enough of a refusal. I don't think yeah. he comes to us and anyway. I think he no. goes to Bayern. Uh Gav a bit of sports bashing at the end for a laugh. No, not tonight. But um that relevant. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> but um I have I think I've a new show for us. I think oh, I've a new show one. for us. And um Bashing, bashing will be part of it. Um, <laughs> so that's four different man of the matches. Fair enough. Um, rest of the week tomorrow's Monday. Um, we have I'll, I'll cop update Monday to Friday two p.m. I was off a couple of days last week, but genuinely I had so much on I just couldn't get to it. So I'll do my absolute best with that. Um, the forum should be back tomorrow night. Um, if not, I'm sure we'll find something else. Tuesday will be a midweek fix where we will preview the Inter Milan game. Wednesday will be full-time Reds after the Inter Milan game. Thursday will be a quiz that Davo and Shawnee have tried and Chris and Kev have tried. And now me and Dylan O'Rourke are going to have a go of it on Thursday. And on Friday, there will be Sports Unplugged. And on Saturday, we play Norwich, don't we? So we will have full-time Reds at about 5 p.m. that day. And Sunday, we will have the Fatback 4. Okay. Um, Loads and loads of stuff. Um, But, yeah, that's about it. What else? Failicon, uh, the link is working. Please go in there and donate. Um, we've gone past the 2,000 euros. Now. We're, we're nearly a quarter of the way there. Nearly. But we need your help. We genuinely need your help because, you know, the sponsorship for the golf day is only going to get us so far. Um, but we genuinely need people sharing this, sharing their website, sharing the donation link and getting if every fiver will count. If we keep lashing fivers in there, we'll absolutely do the business. So make sure you check that out. Bet mate during the week. I know they have a Champions League one for Liverpool during the week that we will participate in and talk about on Tuesday night. So check them out. The link is in the description for them. So you can sign up. Our new our new um messenger um app. That's a great laugh. That's yeah, a great laugh. That has laugh. launched um, anyone that signed up, the link is in um, in in our community tab on our YouTube page for subscribers. You go in there, you will see the link. You link up, um, you give your email. They send you the details. You get into the group. There's about there's a, there's a good few people in there now. I'm just chatting all Liverpool all day every day. Um, it's it's very new. It only launched yesterday, but it's a good bit of crack. And there was loads happening during the game there today. So we will build that as we go along. You can sign up for free. Or you can sign up for the exact same content for um, and the exact same messenger stuff for two ninety nine a month, and that two ninety nine a month will a go towards running that app and b whatever's left will go to <coughs> charity. Um, I think that's it. I think I've covered everything. I've got what uh, the women one as well. The women one as well. Ten points clear. Um, and if they don't go up now, it'll be a, the biggest collapse since Brendan Rodgers in uh, 2008, 19, 20. Um, 19, 20, Chris, 20, anything before we go? 
No, just to say, you think Alison Becker's good? Go see Rachel Laws of the women's team. She's just as good. She's not conceding goals at all. Um, who who nope. win who win the Super Bowl, Chris? Uh, Rams. Okay, Keith. Anything else before we go? No, uh, all good. I could talk about Brentford again, but I'm, for some reason I'm getting too much abuse over that one. Yeah. And who wins the Super Bowl? The Rams. Um, as much as Dicko was cheering on the Bengals, I think the Bengals have scuttered that way there. And I think the defence of the Rams will be too much for them, and I think they will win it tonight. Okay, the Rams, second vote for Rams. Jay Whelan says, when it's the night out, Gav, me and the bro want tickets. There is no tickets. Don't make me text you again. Don't fucking threaten me, Jay. Um, <laughs> but uh, I w- you will be sorted out. Don't worry about it. Kev, anything else before we go? Nope, all good. Big week coming up now, back in Europe. Yeah, big week coming up, loads of shows. Uh, who wins the Super Bowl, Kev? I think Bengals win. I think the Rams bottle it at home. I okay. think they bottle under the pressure at the home stadium. All right. Awesome. I hope the Bengals win. I couldn't tell you who's going to win. I'm going to get on now into my WhatsApp groups. Stick on the uh, superb L, as uh, Kev calls it, via yeah, text. the superb owl. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll have a go. Uh, it kicks off in 15 minutes. So go and get yourself sorted. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday evening. We will be back to you with multiple shows tomorrow. As I said, have a look at Failicon. Have a look um, in our community tab for subscribers only, where you can link into our messenger group, which is very easy. It's on an app on your phone, which is great. Check out Betme. And um, I think that's about it. I feel like I'm forgetting something, but what can you do? Um, oh, our Betme thing. We finished eighth on Friday night. Yeah, it's going in the right direction. Uh, it's going in the right direction. We're going to have to do another one maybe for on Tuesday night. We'll we'll have a look at another one for the uh, can, Champions I, League game, if there's one of I reckon it's when the chat dropped McTominay. Kev, that's what I reckon. We'd have won otherwise. No, we wouldn't. We were three points Dar- after money. We were three points after money. Daryl Hudson says, how many more wins? How many wins left, Gav? 14 is the answer, Daryl. 14 more wins. Liverpool will be champions of England yet again. Over and out. Sports Social Podcast Network.